Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message brought to you by Pastor Robin. See you at church. couple of weeks off and it's been amazing Um, but I've got a word for the church this morning God's been speaking to me and I'd like you if you have your Bibles with you to turn to the book of Isaiah and we're reading from chapter 55 this morning Um, and the first three verses if not yep that's up there beautiful the title of my message this morning is a bit random it's um, drink pay up be satisfied listen and do So I will expand. Isaiah 55, 1 to 3. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Lord God, we thank you that from Genesis through to Revelation, your word is eternal. We thank you, Father, that we have the privilege and the freedom to preach your word in this house on this special day this day where we remember the Anzacs and their sacrifice for their country, Lord God. But Lord God, we just just lift the finished work of the cross this morning and as I bring this scripture, I ask that you would make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer to bring the truth of what you want each one to hear this morning in the precious and the matchless name that is above every name. The name of Jesus, the one who died for us, that we might live. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So I've preached um, in recent months about being thirsty for God. But this morning I really, really sense that God wants to take us beyond being thirsty to be to being filled, to being satisfied, to pay the price and to move on and listen and do what he wants us to do. And from, from those, three passions, those three lines of scripture, God has just really shown me some real truth that I need to apply in my life. And if it applies to you, please take it and run with it, okay? It might just be a message just for me today. So the book of Isaiah um, contains 66 chapters So this is a little bit of background to to what I'm about to unfold for you. It was written in two periods between 740 BC and 686 BC. Um, Those two chapters were, two periods were separated by approximately 15 years. (coughs) Sorry. And the book includes dramatic prophetic declarations by Cyrus, the great in the Bible, acting to restore the nation of Israel 
from the Babylonian captivity. And another widely held view of that is that parts of the first half of the book, that's from chapters 1 through chapter 39, originated with the historical prophet, interspersed with prose and poetic stuff and lots of theological stuff as well. But the remainder of the book dates from immediately before and immediately after the end of the exile in Babylon. And... uh, almost two centuries from the time of the historical prophets. So we know Isaiah wrote most of it, but there is some um, conjecture as to who did the rest of it, but it all fits together beautifully. So um, chapter 55 is just prior to Israel being released from captivity from Babylon, so it's a really exciting time. And I really love the start of this chapter. It's like, ho! (laughs) It gets your attention. It's like, hey, you, listen, listen up, people, ho! Listen, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And the prophet's calling out here really loud and really clear to all that can hear. And it's a really important announcement. And he's getting people's attention. And it's everyone. It's not just the Jews. It's not just the Greeks. It's not the Romans. It's everyone. It's everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And that's incredible Because in an age where there was incredible discrimination and people groups that couldn't talk to other people groups and males and females that couldn't intersperse together in a public place even, he's saying everyone. So it's a a foreshadowing of Jesus and his overriding love and all-encompassing calling of each one as equals into the kingdom of God. And it's just, we see so much foreshadowing through the Old Testament And this is just, it's just a wake-up call for all of us. Ho! Ho! Everybody say ho! Ho! (laughs) Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. So it also shows that God recalls um, earlier in in the... in the Old Testament, the provision of him, of the manna and the water in the desert. And it's foreshadowing Jesus who said in John 7, 37, is anyone, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And the next thing we've got to ask ourselves is who's invited? Everyone, not the Jews, not just the Jews. But it's salvation, a message of salvation for everyone. Come. Come. Incredible. It's the poor. It's the maimed. It's the disabled. It's the deaf. It's the blind. It's the the physically ill. It's those who are mentally struggling. It's everyone who's ever been born, who is ever born or ever will be born. It's everyone. It transgresses time. It crosses over that timeline. It crosses, crosses over every social status, every every gender status, everything, it's, it's just so all-encompassing and that's the love of God that we've got to look at. And he wants us to receive it. He wants us to take from him. He wants us to drink from him. And it shows that in Christ there's enough for everyone. There's enough of this blessing and this water for everyone to receive. So what's the qualification for us? We've got a thirst We've got to be thirsty. And you know what? In the summertime, it's really easy to identify thirst in the natural because you can be out in the heat and come in and you're panting and you're dry and your skin has, has expelled all your sweat and, and you feel like your, your face is going to fall off because of the heat. And it's like, I need a drink. 
you need to have a good cold drink of water or even a warm drink of water is enough when you're feeling so badly dehydrated. But that thirst that you have is the need to drink. It's the need to hydrate. It's a need to quench the dryness in your mouth. And in your, in your body that is crying out, your kidneys that are starting to shrivel and, and I know about that of recent times. Um, but it's, it's a natural picture of a spiritual truth. In the summertime, we know we need to drink. In the summertime, we know we need the water because if we don't have the water, we're not going to survive. But in the wintertime and in the winter soul of our life, the winter seasons of our souls, we can tend to withdraw and just want to be in a huddle. And sometimes we don't recognise the need to drink just as much in in the winter as we do in the summer. And that to me is a picture of our spiritual walk too. There are times in the summertime where we're so thirsty, we're so aware of our need of God, we're so aware of our need to be in the Word, we're so aware of our need to to be in prayer, to be talking to Him daily. We're so aware of the need for fellowship with each other. You know, we, we, we understand what our thirst is. And it's at times like these, usually it's when things are going well that, you know, we... Um, it's easy to praise, it's easy to worship, it's easy to prayer, to, to go to prayer, it's easy to be in the word and, and really feeding ourselves. But when we come into that winter season and, and things are going wrong in our lives or we're being challenged or stretched or we're feeling so incredibly unholy, is that a good word? Our tendency, I think, oftentimes is to draw in and withdraw, to rug up, to be solitary, to not want a fellowship, to not want to even go to prayer because we just want to sit quietly and warmly. But, you know, it's in those winter seasons when our need to fellowship with God and to draw near to God is even greater. Do you know, sometimes we can, um, in the natural, you can, you can have a headache and you might want to, you might want to dose yourself with with something to take the pain away, but sometimes it's as simple a thing as having a drink of water or going for a walk, getting out. Sometimes that lack of water and the symptoms that we might be feeling are actually indicative of a far deeper root of spiritual dryness and spiritual need, where we really need to get back to the very basic of drinking from that river of life. Coming to those waters, there's a beautiful old hymn, Come to the Waters, There is a Vast Supply, I don't know. And I'm not going to sing it, unlike Scott from last week, I am not going to (laughs) sing. Come to the waters, there is a vast supply. And Jesus is the giver of those living waters. It's his Holy Spirit that he gives us that we can draw from and we can partake of. And we can, in those times where we are so unaware of our actual need, We need to just incline our ear to the sound of his voice and say, Lord, what's happening here? What do I need to do? Yeah. You see, sometimes it's a deception that takes us out of fellowship. Sometimes it's a hurt or an offence. Sometimes it's one of those things where we draw away because we don't want to put ourselves in a place where we make ourselves vulnerable again, where we have the potential to be hurt again. 
And, you know, I look at Jesus and I think, wow, he did not withdraw, not ever. He set his face like flint, boldly came down that, that, that path to Calvary to go to fulfill the purpose that he was born for. He didn't withdraw from all he was going through. He didn't withdraw from the criticism, from the threats. He didn't withdraw from what he knew he needed to face. He didn't say it's too hard. He sought his father. He went to the garden. He prayed all night. And, you know, sometimes that really challenges me. Sometimes it's easier at night when you're not feeling well or you're struggling with something just to put on Netflix. (laughs) Only me? (laughs) And sometimes it's the very thing that we least feel like doing that we need to do the most. We need to get on our knees. We need to really seek Father. We really need to come to a place where we say, Lord, I don't know what's happening in me because sometimes we don't even identify what's going on. Sometimes the deception is so subtle that we can be so unaware that we're being drawn further and further away from God. You know, we set off on a straight, narrow path. We walk down that path with Jesus. And then as we get stronger, you know, we might... There's the path and there's our walk and we get stronger and we say, oh, that over there. So we start to walk over towards that tangent, something that we think that we might need to do or whether God's called us or not. But before we know it, if we don't keep coming back to that straight, narrow path, we're off on a tangent out here. We think we're about the Father's business. We think we're about doing the good things and providing for our families or providing for our workplace or all of those things. And yet it's God saying, come back, come back. Ho, are you thirsty? Everyone, come back to the living water and get back into that mainstream of things so that we're not off on a tangent and being distracted and being deceived by the things that the enemy would use to cause us to be less than hot for God would cause us to be lukewarm and come back to that place of absolute intimacy with God and in in that place of intimacy where not only are we talking to him but he's talking to us he's downloading stuff into our spirit things that we need to hear things that we need to know about in the days that we're living in the times that we're living in and and the challenges that we're facing in the world that we're in you see only God knows the end from the beginning and everything in between and if we tap into that living water by his spirit and sit in that place of quietness with him he is going to show us the things that we need to know he's going to show us the things we need to do he's going to show us the things that we need to not do he's going to show us how to prune off the peripherals and get back off that tangent into that straight narrow path because only God can do that for us and he's amazing You see, the subtlety of deception is, why not try the fruit of this other tree? Like in the Garden of Eden. Why did God not say you should not eat of that? You know, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? And before you know it, you're in a place of deception or you're in a place of potentially sin and away from the will of God. And all of us need to be in the will of God. Come to the waters. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. It's an invitation for everyone. Come to the healing waters. 
He's a healer. Come to the living waters. He gives life. Come to the refreshing, cleansing, purifying waters. That's Jesus. He's the giver of life. He's the giver of his precious Holy Spirit. That infills us when we make a decision to receive Jesus as Saviour and Lord. And when we tune our ear, ears, I've only got one ear. When you tune your ear to the sound of his voice, the sound of the Spirit of God speaking within your heart, within your spirit, deep within your soul, you need to listen to him. But we'll get to that. And pay up, the next point. It'll cost you nothing. It's all been paid. The price has been paid for your salvation. But do you know what? I reckon it costs you everything. I really do. Because when you think about it, if we've got no money and we receive this incredible gift of salvation from God and he's saying it'll cost you nothing, it's because he's paid the price for us. Because we are of such great value. We are beyond value. We are... God's creation. And you know what? I think sometimes we need to get a revelation of how precious and unique every single one of us who is ever born and ever will be born are. Every single one has been designed by God, has been knit together in their mother's womb, has been made with a God purpose and a God plan and a God strategy. And if we would only tap into that and lay aside every weight that gets in the way and lay aside the things that don't satisfy it, which I'll get to in a minute, and just really, really die to ourselves so that we can really go Go forward in God with everything that he has for us to do to serve him because our time is short. Even if we live to be 90 in the light of eternity, our time is short because eternity is forever and ever and ever and ever and it's only what we do for Jesus in these few years that we've got here that are going to be for eternity. Everything else is as wood and hay and stubble, but it's the things that we build, the gold, the silver that we build in Christ and the things of God that are going to stand for eternity. And it's taking people with us. And that's the purpose of the church, so that we can know God and know him more, so that we can go out there and share Jesus with everyone in our, in our lives, in our demeanour, in our... Do you know what? As Christians, we should be the most joyous people in the world. We really should. And it's not happiness, but it's that deep underlying and abiding contentment on knowing whose we are and who we are in him so that whatever we do and wherever we go, Jesus should be shining through us. It's like when you squeeze a lemon, what do you get? Lemon juice. And it's sour. But when you squeeze a Christian, what should come out? It should be the fruit of the Spirit of God. We should be, be the most incredibly blessed people and understand that the life that we've got, no matter what we're going through, is awesome in God. If we pull down our self, pull down the realm of our soul and allow the Spirit of God to rise up in us so that we can be his bearers of light, his bearers of truth and be Holy Spirit people to bring those waters to everyone around us. Because you look in our community, even in our families, you see the depth of despair. You see the deception that they're under because they don't even realise they need a saviour. Do you know, before I got saved, I didn't know I needed a saviour. I had someone say to me once, I've been praying for you. 
And I sort of turned around in a semi-drunken state and said, why would you pray for me? I'm all right. (laughs) Do you know that's deception? Deception. We need to know that we need to be thirsty. We need to know that we need that saviour. His name is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. We need to know how great a price has been paid for us. And we need to know it daily because time's short. You see, Jesus paid for us. He said in Revelation 3.17, he counseled the Laodicean church about being lukewarm, wretchedly poor, and he said, come and buy. And they were so wretchedly poor. So it was, he's, he's just repeating again. And then he ransomed us with his precious blood. First Peter chapter 1, verse 19. We weren't bought with silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He paid the whole price for us once for all, a once for all time sacrifice so that we can know him and live eternally with him. And in the meantime, we've paid nothing for this so great a gift of salvation. But I've been challenged. I've been so challenged. What am I prepared to give because of what Jesus has done for me? And that's a rhetorical question and you've got to all ask yourself that. But I think everything, everything. You see, we don't work our way to heaven with good works. We can't purchase our salvation. Ephesians 2.8, Dana, you stole my scriptures. For by grace you've been saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship. He's given us those works that he wants us to do, the things he wants us to do. You see, he died in our place so we can accept that incredible gift of salvation and eternal life because of what he's done for us at Calvary. And that death to self, it's something that, you know, until we go home to be with Jesus, whether he comes back for us first or whether we pass on first, that death to self is an ongoing work for each one of us. The things that we might battle with, the things that might draw us away from God, the distractions, the deceptions. Galatians 2, 20 to 21 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for it is righteousness. If righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. In other words, law won't get you through to Christ. It's the grace of God. It's his 
incredible gift because he gave his all what should we do i reckon we need to pay up we receive the benefits of the promise but you know we're and i think all of us can say this we feel so unworthy and yet christ died for us that's called grace god's righteousness at Christ's expense. But we've got to want him. We've got to thirst for him. And to give our lives to him. And the third point is to be satisfied. Be satisfied with God's abundance. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. You see, if we're satisfied purely with the things of the world and its enjoyment, they're temporary. And I think sometimes the things of the world can take away our thirst for the things of God. Sometimes it's easier just to dissolve into a massive cheesecake and fairy floss and stuff like that. And yeah. But it doesn't satisfy. And a lot of the things that we might do don't satisfy. They're good to do, lots of good things to do. We've got to walk in balance in everything too. We can't, you know, we're in the world, we're not of the world. We need to be relevant. We need to be connected to the world. Otherwise, how are we ever going to lead those that we love into a place of understanding and knowing Jesus? We've got to be relevant. We can't be so disconnected that we've got no idea what's going on. It's bridge building. And we prayed about it in the prayer meeting this morning. Building those bridges between us and our community and us and God. It's so important that we do that. And you see, if we meditate on the things of God and on things of his word, you see, we're actually meditating on the satisfaction that comes from the bread of life. And Jesus is the bread of life. And his word is, is bread. It's, it's what we need. It's the staple. It's the very... It's the essence of what we need. You can have other things on top, but unless we put the bread in first, we've just got filling and no sandwich. Do you know what I mean? A disassembled sandwich. We need the bread of life. We need Jesus and we need his word. Other things are temporary fixes. They might make you feel good for a while, but then you come back the reality of it and guess what it's not sustainable and it doesn't bring you joy but God does sometimes the temporary fixes and the things that we look to 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 make us feel better are because we're carrying a load that's too heavy sometimes the temporary fixes are distractions that will Help us to carry those heavy loads. But in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are labour and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, come and buy and be satisfied with the abundance that comes from living a life in God. It's in knowing his truth 
Not the truth as the world would sell it, but God's truth. Knowing the things that we need to do to take hold of. And to know him and to walk with him and to talk with him and to listen to him. To respond to him. There's a scripture that says, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. And that's very King James. But it just rolls off the tongue. This is the way, walk ye in it. Mm. And when you receive Jesus and you start a walk with him, or maybe some of you have been walking with him for 50, 60 years, I don't know, and online, but you never have to walk alone. You never have to be alone again. You learn to trust in him. You learn to rely on him. Never just be self-dependent, but God-dependent. And that's what we need to foster, a spirit of dependence upon God. You see, Jesus is that friend in Proverbs who's closer than a brother. And you can trust God with every aspect of your life. You don't need to be anxious. And you know, some of us are more prone to being anxious, feeling the stress. Some of us are more inclined to being depressed. Some of us are Holy Ghost jelly beans that jump all over the place. And that's not me. (laughs) But do you know what? Every aspect of your life, God is so, so concerned for because he loves you so much. And so if there's areas of your life that you need him to work within, you can trust him. you just got to take it to him. Come and buy wine and milk, which will not only quench the thirst, but nourish the body. You see, Jesus outdoes our expectations every single time when we exchange the temporal... For the eternal. Amazing. You can never outgive God. He's no man's debtor. You can never, ever you can never doubt him. He's not a man that he should lie. He is a good God. He is an awesome God. So there's a divine exchange where we transfer what's temporal for what God says he wants to build in us and through us. That's the eternal. And then it says, listen and do. Verse 2 says, listen carefully to me. And verse 3 says, incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. Listen and incline. So when you listen, you turn. When you incline, you lean in. So there are so many situations in our world where we need to be listening to God, but not just listening, but inclining, turning in, leaning into him. So that when we hear that voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk ye in it, You're not only hearing it, but you're saying, right, this is the way I am going to walk in the way that God says that I'm to walk. 
because, like I said before, he knows the beginning from the end and everything in between. And if we walk and if we're in obedience to what he's saying to us to do, all of the consequences of the actions that you take are in his hands, not in ours. You see, if we walk in obedience, we can trust the result to God always, 100% of the time, every single time. The words of Christ, their spirit and their life. He... (laughs) For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And verse 63 in John 6 says, It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. And I'm running out of time. And I've still got a page to go. Just quickly, listen and do. Listen and do. John 14, 15 to 16. If you love me, Keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Listen and act. It's not enough to listen. It's to do. It's listen and do. Hear and move. Mm. We have an enemy. We've got spiritual forces around us that want to disable us, want to take us down, want to knock us off at the knees. And um, we have a God who is all-powerful and almighty. And when we listen to him, he's going to show us the way that we need to do those things and take us in victory always. Amen. We have to listen to him. We've got to be in his word, spend time in prayer. And he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ever think or ask because he is almighty God. Whatever you're facing today, whatever you're feeling today, you may have been treated badly, you might be struggling, you may have had issues where, you know, you've been given some bad news, you might have financial issues. Do you know what? You can trust in the one who gives everything. Listen to him. Ho, ho, get your attention. Everyone, come, be thirsty, drink from him. (laughs) Pay up. Lay your life down for him as he did for you. But you know what? You're not going to have to die in this life to serve him. It's the things that are temporal that we can let go of. And then when we incline our ear and listen to him to do the things he's asking us to do and you will see breakthrough in your situation. It may not be immediate, but it will always, always come. Always come. Trust in the one. Trust in the one who has made you, who has called you by your name. You are his. And it says in Isaiah as well, when you walk through the waters, he will be with you. They will not cover you. They will not flood over you. When you walk through the fire, God will take you through. God will take you through and he will come out on the other side like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. They were not touched. They were not singed. They were in that fire, but they were in the will of God and God took them through. And made them abundant in the land. And their soul was satisfied with what he'd given them to do. Amazing, amazing. As it was then, it is now. It is now and even more so. Even more so because we have. We're in the new covenant. We're in the new testament. We have the power of his Holy Spirit within us. We have his voice speaking to us. We have the capacity to read the Bible in in multiple versions, we do it online, we have it on our phone, we have no excuse for not thirsting, for not feeding ourselves on the things God wants us to have. Amen? Amen. And I'm out of time. 
I might have to finish next week. So let me encourage you today, people. Whatever you're walking through, God knows and he knows the end. So trust him. Come to him. Are you thirsty today? Are you satisfied with what you have? Are you listening? Are you doing what he's called you to do? Are there things you need to lay down? Are there things you need to pick up? Don't listen to me. Listen to God. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you today that, Lord God, you've given us your word. We draw from your word because your word is truth. Your word is life. It's eternal. Your word directs us, corrects us, instructs us, encourages us, loves on us. And Father, we thank you for your word today. And God, the revelation of our need for thirst, even in the winter, more so in the winter than in the summer when it's so obvious we need to drink from you. But in the winter of our seasons, Lord God, I thank you that your, your abundance of living water is available for us that we can come to you. For those who don't know you, God is calling to you. He's paid the price for you. Jesus has paid the whole price for you that you can know him as Saviour and Lord. I pray right now for anyone that is listening within the life of this congregation or online. If you don't know Jesus as Saviour, then today is the day of your salvation. Come to that living water. Receive Jesus as your Saviour and Lord and pray this after me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to be my Saviour. I ask you to be my Lord. I ask you to take control of my life. I lay aside the things that are causing me to walk in grief and shame and sin. I ask you, Lord, to take my life. I ask you, Lord, to save me, to forgive me. I ask, Father God, that you would take hold of the things that you want to do in me and guide me through. I ask for the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, to, to, take, to take back what the enemy has stolen from my life. And I ask this in Jesus' mighty name. For those of us that already know you, Lord, I just pray for each and every one that we would begin to thirst in a new and a fresh way. We would begin to seek after you, that we would be willing to pay the price. And that is that death to ourselves, Lord God, that we can pick up the cross that you bore and daily bear our sins, Lord God. And Lord, that you take those sins from us, Lord, that we can walk in the freedom that you have for us. Father, I pray that we would be satisfied with the things that you provide for us. And Father, that we would not get into a comfort zone, but we would continue earnestly to seek after you, to our capacity to know you more would be enlarged, Father God. And Father, when we listen to you, I ask that you would help us to walk in obedience to you. Let us not just hear what you're saying, but do what you're asking of us. Let us not just hear your words, but walk in obedience to you. And Father, as we do that, I thank you that every circumstance in our life comes under your banner. You are Jehovah Shammah. And Lord God, that as we rest in you the consequences and the results are all in your hands we choose this day to trust you in the precious and the most holy and the mighty name of jesus and everyone said 
Amen. Amen. Thank you. If you've prayed that prayer for the first time today, um, please get in touch with us um, online or um, give us a ring. We'd love to help you with your walk. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am.